0: Letters to Churches, Um, very good tools for the Holy Spirit in teaching us about ourselves. Ephesians chapter, we're going to start at the very end of chapter 1. So we're going to be in big number 1, little number 22. We're going to ask this question today. What is church? What is church? We, uh, We talk about this once a year. We try to get into a sermon series that reminds us who we are in Jesus, why he's left us here. We talk about this every so often, right? Why didn't God just beam us up like Star Trek, right? Beam me up, Scotty. Why didn't he just beam me up when I came to Christ? Why didn't he just take me on up? Well, the reason is he has left you here, Christian. He has left me here for a purpose, and that purpose is to be the church, he has saved you to be the church. And now, what in the world does that mean? It's important to understand what that means about being the church. I don't remember this. I grew up a preacher's kid. I don't remember this. But uh, there was a pivotal moment in my dad's ministry when I, as a little kid, told him, I think you love the church more than you love our family. Whew. How do you like that? That's tough. It's tough for a dad, tough for a preacher to hear. And just hearing him recount that story has made me very particular with my kids about how we talk about church and how I spend my time. And one of the things that I've tried to do very early on is I've tried to define very clearly what church is. Because I tell you what I don't want. I don't want my girls and my son to think that church takes daddy away Monday through Friday. No, that's work. Are you with me? I go to work Monday through Friday. I don't want them to think that every morning I get up and daddy's got to go to church. I don't want them thinking that church takes daddy away like that. No, that's work. That's different. Church is different. So my little girls are grappling with, what does church mean? But it's not just for kids, is it? Adults, we grapple with that too. What does it mean to be the church? And even if we know the Sunday school answer about what church is, even if we know that, doesn't our heart tend to pull us away from that true definition? Sometimes we're tempted to think that church means the building. We're going through a remodel. Are we ever tempted to believe that church is about the carpet? Or the paint on the walls? Or the restrooms. All those things are in our remodel. Are we tempted to believe that that those things make church? Yeah, sometimes. Sure. Are we ever tempted to believe that church is the constitution and bylaws of the church? Yeah, sometimes. Are we tempted to believe that our traditions are the church? Or are we tempted to believe that church is an event I I partake in once a week? Is that what we perceive as church? Or is church a box on my Christian to-do list? Don't cuss, don't get drunk, don't run around with people who do, go to church. Is that our church checklist? Is that our Christian checklist? Or is church the people? This is one of the most, Christian, please please believe me, this is one of the most important questions that you can ask yourself. What is the church? There are huge temptations and consequences for a group of people getting this question wrong. And believe me when I tell you, there are incredible blessings from God on a group of people who get this right. So Paul is going to write this letter to the church in Ephesians that are asking this question. What does church mean? What what are we about? What, What is it all about? Who are we? And Paul is going to define the church for us this way. Church is the craftsmanship of God displayed in individual Christians connected closely together for His glory. The craftsmanship of God taking individual Christians and crafting them together for His glory. That is church. Let's read this together. Big number 1, Ephesians. Big number 1, little number 22. To get the context, we're going to finish chapter 1 together. It goes like this. And He put all things under Jesus His feet and gave Him... As head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. God gives us Jesus. Gives the church Jesus as our head. So who is the church then? If, if, that, is, if that is church given to Jesus. We are his body. Then ha, who are we Paul? Fill us in. Chapter 2. And you. Church. And you Get this, and we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Here's an important one. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, in which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's workmanship. Okay? Workmanship, church, workmanship. Here's the church, head of Christ, and then this is who you were, dead in your sins and trespasses. God made you alive, made you alive, and then we are His workmanship. We are His workmanship. Now, jump with me. We're going to jump over some verses. We're going to hit them again next week. Jump over with me. What does this workmanship look like? Jump with me now to verse 19. Little number 19. What is this workmanship? What is God building in us? So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built workmanship. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you are also built being built together into a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. but Paul says church is the workmanship of God. Church, what's the first thing we learn about church? Church is the craftsmanship, the workmanship of God. For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, I I can't build anything. Some of y'all are, you're like magic to me. You can build everything. It's like magic to me, right? I don't know how that works. But when I hear the word workmanship, when I think about craftsmanship, I think about things like intentional and planning and putting time in. I think about purpose, and discipline, and precision. Christian, God says we are His workmanship. The Greek word there for workmanship is the same word that's used to describe the creation of the universe by God. So Trinity Baptist Church, do you understand the ramifications of this. Trinity Baptist Church, God created you in the same way He created the stars. He crafted this church in the same way that He crafted the seas and the mountains, the animals and the moon and the air. Trinity Baptist Church, you are a big deal. Trinity Baptist Church, we are not a random group of people thrown together at a whim. We are not a random group of people brought here by ourselves and our own desires. We are a group of people crafted by the creator of the universe. And just in case we think that this is about individual Christians, We overemphasize individual individuality, saying that, no, it's it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. No, it's about us. As 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 we get Paul telling us such a huge, immense truth about we, he says, for you are saved, you, singular, you are saved by grace through faith, is what he says. You, and then he transitions and says, and we are God's workmanship. God's crafting Trinity Baptist Church is not about the individual Christian. It's about us. It's plural. Church is not about satisfying the needs of individual people like McDonald's does. Church is about a group. The gathering. We. Trinity Baptist Church is defined by us. Not about me, not about you. And he says, the craftsmanship, the craftsmanship. We are his workmanship. And he says, created in Christ Jesus. The tools that God used to create us, Trinity, is found. In the person of Jesus Christ. That means His his tools to create our church is not a hammer, it's a cross. The furnace in which He creates us is not a normal furnace. The furnace in which He creates His church is the resurrection. The fire in the furnace by which He crafts Trinity Baptist Church is Jesus' obedience. We owe our shape, our function, our purpose as Trinity Baptist Church. We owe this to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Now, why is this important? Why is it important to, that, that Paul tells us we are created... In Christ Jesus. Because we are, and we, we, we have seen this for 2,000 years, we are tempted to believe that Trinity Baptist Church, that we are crafted together by something other than Jesus. We're tempted to believe that we are Trinity Baptist Church because of our geography. We're just close together, and so we just no. That's not what crafted us. We're tempted to believe that we are crafted together because of our skin color. Had a deacon tell me, my first church. He told me with I was happy to see with anger in his voice that he knew of a church that's, that that. Believed and taught that we are a white church. They had a contingency plan for anyone who looked differently. How are we going to escort people out? They had a conting- can you believe that? That is a church that believes that they've been crafted by race and not crafted by Jesus Christ. Are you with me? We are tempted to believe that we are a church crafted in political climates. We're a Republican church. That's a church that thinks that it is crafted in the furnace of politics. Not the furnace of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You cannot create the church by religion or by culture or by geography or by country or by, or by personal preference or family or friends or coercion or bribery or righteousness. You cannot create a church in these things and by these mechanisms. The tool that God uses to create Trinity Baptist Church is the cross of Christ and His resurrection and his obedience. I pastored a church in Arkansas for a while, and the, every every culture, every region has different kind of uh, struggles in ministry. And the one that was really prevalent in Arkansas was, uh, you know, you walk down the street and say, "Hey, you are you are you a Christian? You belong to church? Well, I'm from Arkansas, aren't I? You know what I mean? It's it's like I'm." Like my church or being a Christian was crafted in the furnace of geography, or of culture. Of course, I'm, of course I'm a Christian. I'm broken. That's not how it works. If you were to ask me as a kid, are you a Christian? You go to church, I say, of course I'm a Hodges, aren't I? Hodges, we're a holy and righteous people. The Father builds His church in one tool, with one tool and that is Jesus Christ. And we see in this verse, we have workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and we are created in Christ Jesus for a purpose. Says he doesn't say we are the workmanship, we are the craftsmanship of Christ. He doesn't say that we are, the, we are the craftsmanship and what he's crafting is a beautiful sculpture You've been to an art museum and you see those beautiful sculptures. Yeah, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into that, and then they sit it on a pedestal for a hundred years, and people go and ooh and awe at it, and it's beautiful and it's nice, but it's it has no purpose other than for us to look at it. We were created to be a tool for a greater purpose. Church, we are not created to come and sit and attend. Trinity Baptist Church has a greater purpose than that. It says we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. There's something more to being Trinity Baptist Church than coming and singing and listening to a sermon and leaving. There's more to us than that. We are here for a purpose. So, craftsmanship, and then the question is, well, what is this purpose, Paul? What is this purpose for us? Trinity, what does God want from us? Do you you want to know that? If God has a purpose for this church, do you want to know that? Paul tells us this is our purpose. In Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place, For God by the Spirit. Being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Church is God's craftsmanship displayed in two ways in the material and then the structure. So his craftsmanship is, is the bricks. He's using to build something greater than the bricks themselves. But it takes the bricks at first. So he's going to tell, I'm going to tell you what God is doing in your life individually, Christian. I'm going to tell you what the bricks look like that he's building into a structure, a dwelling place for God. Church is individual bricks. 1 Peter 2 says it this way, you yourselves are like living stones being built up into a spiritual house. So just like before you build a cathedral, you've got to craft the stones and the bricks. God has, has crafted you, Christian. And this is what Paul says. Remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? This was a wretched and wicked and unrighteous city. Remember that story? Under the wrath of God. Famously sinful city. Famously destroyed by God for their continued unrepentant wickedness. That's where we get the term fire and brimstone. And so, Christian, where does God find bricks like you and bricks like me? And you, brick, were dead in the trespasses and sins in in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by very nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. How has God crafted you, Christian? It's as if God Himself walked through the devastated, burning city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He saw us. Bricks, totally devastated by by the fire and brimstone sent down by the righteous God. Totally devastated. It's as if God comes through this place, this sinful muck and mire Famously wicked place. And he sees you, Christian, as you're dead in your sins and transgressions. He sees you, a brick amongst the rubble. And he bends down and he picks you up and he says, this one is mine. If we are bricks, we are not bricks that were taken from the pristine temples in heaven. We're not bricks that were the streets of gold. I'm not a piece of gold brick. No, we are bricks that were saved from the fires of hell. Are you with me? Paul tells us as he's defining church, he wants us to understand, look, you've got to know where you come from, church. To be the church, you've got to know where you come from. You've got to know what brick we're talking about. Because look, can't we get big-headed about being part of this great temple that God is building? Wouldn't that that make us big-headed? And I'm not some outhouse back there. I'm not some regular building. I'm a temple. That can get us big-headed. So Paul says, whoa, before we get there, you need to understand where you come from. You come from the ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. What can dead people do? How can dead people react? They can't. He says, Christian, you are following the ways of the world. You're following the ways of the world. Haven't we discovered, especially in the last year, that things like social media and the 24-hour news cycle can get our hearts going in all kinds of different directions? Am I the only one that had to delete social media off your phone? So I get on there and I hear things for the world and I get pulled in that direction. Am I the only one? You are following the ways of the world. Following the devil. Sons and daughters of disobedience. Ruled, he says, by the sinful desires of our mind and body. And then this, get this one. By nature. Children. Children wrath of God that's bad news as the fire and brimstone rained down on the buildings of Sodom and Gomorrah God plucked bricks from the fire that he would use to build his temple on earth isn't that beautiful isn't that a beautiful picture that God does not create his church with pristine bricks Isn't that good news that He doesn't want to build His temple with perfect people. First of all, there's n- there is no perfect person other than Jesus. But that's not what He does. He comes and He resurrects dead bricks for His temple. Isn't that good news? As He plucks us out from the fires of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, we say, we, we hear, we are, we are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, He has made us alive together with Christ. God says, I'm going to build my temple from broken, seared, scared, sinful bricks that I have saved from destruction. And as He, he plucks these bricks from the ruins, and they're marred, they're charred, and they're scarred up, and, they're, and He says he, he cleans these bricks under an ocean of mercy and grace. He says, now, Christian, because He has plucked you up because of your faith in Christ, you are no longer children of wrath. You are no longer objects of wrath, but you are objects of His mercy. He says, He says, so that in the coming ages He might show you, Christian, the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He says, Christian, he says, with the great love that which by which he loved you. He says he's covered you and washed you in his mercy. We are now objects of eternal, immeasurable riches, the riches of God. So he's plucked us up, he's taken bricks, and yeah, you were broken and you were, seared and you were off colored because of the smoke and the fire and he says he has washed you with his kindness and his love and his mercy and he has put you back together and connected you back together so that you are something different and then we might we might Paul knows that we might say, well, God was going through the rubble and he saw me as a brick there. And he said, ooh, that brick looks better than all the other bricks. Or that brick looks smarter. Or that brick, I could probably do more with that brick. Or, Or why did he pick me? Maybe he picked me for a particular reason. Paul wants us to understand without a shadow of a doubt that as God went through the ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah and finding you, it had nothing to do with you are you with me he plucked you from the fiery furnace of sodom and gomorrah because of his mysterious good will and grace paul says you have been saved by grace a free gift through faith and even this faith is not your own doing it is a gift of god not a result of works, so that no one may boast so no one may boast. So as he plucks these bricks, from he so says, this brick I'm going to use to build my church. As he washes us under the ocean of mercy and grace, he does so in a way that this brick, Jordan Hodges, should be the most humble person on earth. He should realize that there is nothing good in him that deserves anything. Everything he has received in life is the merciful grace of God. Do we believe that? Do we see that? I see in my own heart the temptation to believe that I'm better than someone else because I'm in here. You know what I mean. How many people did you drive by on your way to church today? You ever have that temptation to go, man? I should be in church. Those kids playing in that backyard. Somebody should get them to church. You have that temptation too. As your pastor, maybe you need a better one. As your pastor. But churches should be the place where we understand most of all that we deserve nothing that we give. There's no good reason in me that I am in here, that I'm a part of a church. There's no reason in me. I wasn't more righteous. I wasn't smarter. I wasn't anything. It was God's mercy. His craftsmanship produces humble bricks. His craftsmanship produces grace-extending bricks, worshiping bricks. So God has crafted Trinity Baptist Church as a individual Christians. He has plucked from Sodom and Gomorrah, washed with His mercy and grace. But just if we just had a brick, a brick by itself is not good for much, right? Am I crazy? Well, I guess if I'm right. Brick by itself is not good for much. God chose you, Christian, as a single Christian. He chose you. He plucked you. He washed you. He made you as a brick. He crafted you as a brick for a purpose. And that purpose is not to be by yourself. Church is individual bricks joined together into a temple of God. That's His purpose. His purpose for you. His crafted purpose for you. The reason He plucked you from Sodom and Gomorrah is to glorify His name connected to other believers. That's the purpose. A single solitary Christian is not accomplishing the purpose of their life in Christ. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens We can't get along. We don't know each other. You're no longer strangers, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in which the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The church, you are crafted by God, designed to be joined together as Trinity Baptist Church. Or maybe you're visiting here from somewhere else. You are crafted, wherever you are, to be joined together with a local church. Be built into a temple for God. The temple was where the presence of God dwelt on earth. And so God is saying, since I indwell every individual Christian and as they gather together, my presence is felt most clearly. Please hear me. My presence is felt most clearly in the local church. It's the temple of God. The place where His presence is felt. The most powerful example of the presence of God is the gathered body of believers. A local church magnifies the presence of God unlike anything else. Listen, You can listen to Caleb in your car on the way home and get a lot of great worship in and get a lot of great connection with God. That is not where God has designed to magnify His presence most. Are you with me? You can go to all kinds of Christian conferences and hear incredible speakers and listen to incredible music and get a lot from it. It could be life-changing, but that is not where God has designed His presence to be magnified most. You can go walk through the woods and experience God. Yeah, I believe you can do that, but that is not where God has designed His presence to be magnified most. I've built my church together to be my temple. It's like, you remember when you were a kid and you took a magnifying glass into the sun? Remember that? You could start little fires and... Well, am I the only one? Maybe I was a weirdo kid. I was a weirdo kid, but maybe, was I the only one? I like could take it out? It's kind of like that, right? The, the presence of God is everywhere. Just like in the daytime, the sun, the sunlight is everywhere. When you bring a magnifying glass, the presence of the sunlight is magnified in such a way that it makes an incredible impact. That is the presence of God in the local church. God's presence is everywhere. But he has designed his local church to be his temple, his magnifying glass, to magnify his presence. His presence is magnified when we sing together. When we hear you sing, Christian, when we hear you sing, the presence of God is magnified. In fact, as John tells us about about the end times in the book of Revelation, he says, when I came and I saw the throne of God gathered before the throne was a great magnitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And what happens in the presence of God? And they cried out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. In the presence of God, there's always worship. There's always singing. The local church magnifies the presence of God as we gather together and as we sing His praises. Listen, please believe me. Please believe me. When my girls hear you sing, they understand something new about God. Are you with me? When we understand that you have cancer and we hear you sing, that magnifies the presence of God. Are you with me? When we in small group have heard about your struggles with your sin and that you've repented and on Sunday morning, we hear you singing. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. That magnifies the presence of God. As we gather, gathering of believers, the temple, we are being built together as bricks, for the temple of God, to magnify the presence of God through our singing, to magnify the presence of God by us sitting under the preaching of the word, We magnify the presence of God as the bricks that He's using to build His temple of Trinity Baptist Church, as we love one another when we disagree. That magnifies the presence of God. A miracle of the church is that God took Jews and Greeks who hate each other outside these walls, and He has crafted them into bricks for His temple, and He has built them on top of each other. As they love one another, the world says, that's a miracle! There must be something to this Jesus guy. The church magnifies the presence of God as we love each other in spite of our differences and disagreements. You ever ask yourself why we have disagreements as church? As a church family, why does God allow these things? Why can't we just all get along? Because God knows His presence and His glory are magnified when His people disagree and they love each other anyway. Are you with me? I've been a pa- I have been—I know I'm not an old guy. I've been a pastor for, I wish my wife was here. 11 years? 12 years now? Let me tell you, this is the most important thing a church can grab a hold of. God designed us to disagree so that we can love each other and glorify God in spite of our disagreements. Are you with me? That magnifies the presence of God. So God did not craft you to be alone. My friend, Christian, this might jostle your heart a little bit, but there's no such thing as an obedient lone ranger Christian. That's just not how, that's not how He designed us to be. He says we are... You wonder why we say church family a lot around here? Because Paul says it. Because God says it. He says we are members of the same household. Same family. We're not... Fellow customers. We're not fellow country club members. We're not fellow fans of a sports team. We are a family. We're members of the same household. And Paul knows our temptation. Paul knows our temptation to say, it's all throughout Scripture, say, I'm the most important brick in the temple. I'm the most important one. I'm the most beautiful one. I've got the best voice. I've got the best character. I've got the best righteousness. He knows we're tempted to put ourselves in the most important place. So Paul cuts us off at the past and he says, here's the temple. The temple is built on the foundation of the prophets and apostles. This is what the temple is built upon. So he says, do not add to the foundation. Do not add your political preference to the foundation. Do not add your particular gripe to the foundation. Do not add your particular preference to the foundation. We're about to change carpet. Color a carpet. Right? In a few weeks, this green is going to be out of here. There are stories of churches that split over the color of the carpet. It's true. It happens. Church, the, the city, a town I grew up in had a story about that. A church splitting over the color of the carpet. That is placing things in the foundation that don't belong there. This is why we gather. This is how we gather. Everything else is gravy. It's a foundation. And he says the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is is the, the first brick placed in the temple in which all the other bricks are laid out based on where that cornerstone is so we got the foundation if it's in the word this is going to drive us this is going to this is going to tell Trinity Baptist Church what we're to be about what we're to look like what we're to teach this is it right here and he says the the, the first brick placed the cornerstone is not the pastor It's not the biggest giver. It's not the biggest tither. It's not the most charismatic person. It's not the most popular member. It's not the oldest member. It's not the youngest member. The cornerstone that determines how the church is built and placed, the cornerstone is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Him. It's Him. And so here's, here's the picture. Here's the picture. This is, a, this is a church. This is a Trinity Baptist church that will see Pittsburgh changed. You want to see that? You want to see people come to faith in Christ in Pittsburgh? You want to see the gospel make incredible inroads in Pittsburgh? A church that's built on the Word of God. We're not going to avoid passages that make us uncomfortable. We're not going to say that's a hard passage or I don't want that. We're not going to say that we're going to be built on the word of God. The cornerstone isn't going to be the preacher. He's not going to determine everything. everything. That's not not what he's going to be about. Cornerstone is going to be Jesus. We're going to look to him. We're going to prayerfully seek him in all things that we do. And that we're going to be Christians who understand that we've been plucked from the fires, and we have no we have no right to be built into this temple. But here we are, and we're going to appreciate. It. We're going to be joyful, knowing that God washed us in His mercy and His grace, no matter who we were. That's what He did, and we're going to know that we are designed. We're not bricks that are going to go on our own way. and doesn't make sense. He has crafted us to be a temple together. And we're going to love each other and we're going to worship loudly we're going to sing proudly of our King and we're going to sit under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And in this way, we're going to magnify the presence of God and we're going to be bricks in this temple that love each other. And the idea is an outsider comes seeking God and they walk through and they see this beautiful cathedral to God. And they see these bricks and they're different colors. And they have different desires and this one sings great and that one can't really sing and, and this one looks this way and this one has nice clothes and this one has ratty clothes and, and they have different desires and different preferences. But as he walks in and he views these bricks, these bricks begin to sing the same song. And their harmony is beautiful as this person walks in, the presence of God is magnified. And they're going to hear the word of God and they're going to say, oh, that man, that convicts fix me of sin. But they're going to see these bricks are not perfect people. These bricks are not prideful people. He's going to know he's a sinner, but he's going to see sinners in the walls. And as the presence of God is magnified on their hearts, and as they hear the singing and as they see the love for one another and as they see the imperfect way the bricks sing to their king and follow their king, they're going to see and they're going to understand the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is going to convict them of their sin and they're going to see through the bricks that were built by the hand of God, they're going to see the value of who Jesus is because there's no building like this on. for you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. The questions for you is are you an individual brick? Maybe you come every once in a while to church. but Maybe it's just not a big deal to, in your life. Maybe, maybe you are a Christian but you haven't followed Christ into a local church. We're going to ask you why. And maybe God has this church as your church, family. And so let me let me tell you, there's a hole in our wall that you will fit. And God has given you gifts and talents and abilities and blessings that he has given you for a local church. So, we want to call you. Have you followed Christ as he has shaped you and crafted you you allowed him to craft you into the temple of God with a local church. And maybe God's telling you that this is where you need to be. Maybe God's telling you that Trinity is your local church. Well, we would love for that to be the case, but even if it's not, we want you to join a church family. Glorify the God, magnify the presence of God with a local church. So during this time, we're going to sing together. I'm going to ask you, Christian, member of Trinity, how can you take a step closer in your relationship with your church? Maybe you've got talents and gifts and all kinds of things that God has given you for the local church. Ask him what you would have you get, how you can contribute to us magnifying the presence of God. Maybe you're not a member of any church. Maybe you're not a member of church family. We're going to compel you. We're going to ask you, join a church. Maybe it's this one. Maybe it's another one. Become part. Become a contributing member. Become a brick in the walls of God's temple. Would you stand with us as we sing together, please?